Hello, Dwayne Brumman here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolHunterTalk.com, and we also have our uh, famous guest, John Graydon, with us. And so uh, thanks you, thank you guys for being a part of this today. I think it's going to be quite interesting. Uh, John looks like he's already in a stance, uh, ready for you, Ali, and you're just sitting down uh, like a ninja, right? Is that what it is? is? Yes, I'm not sure if he knows we're live yet. So, John, can you hear us? John, Not can sure you hear us? Hear us. The phone. We are live. We're live right now. But you turn the tripod around as well. Just unhook the phone and put. All right. Well, we'll wait and see uh, what John does there. Hello, hello. Hey, John. Can you can you wave as at us, John? Uh, we're just moving the camera. Okay. Gotcha. We're live. So we're make, live. Yeah, you're making me sick. <laughs> Okay, we're going back to, uh, so we got it. Are we hearing them on your phone as well, Send that up now. Okay, t- say something, guys. guys yeah, can you hear us, John? We're here. All right, well, we're going to have to go without the mic then. So we're trying to hear you. Okay. okay. Yeah, we're live. We could hear you. We could okay. see you. We have a lag. Okay. All right. Well, we should. Yeah. Uh, that, too bad we have a lag. Okay. Um, pull the pull the mic. Okay. All right. Now I'm live with you guys. You should hit me right now. Now. Yeah. All right. Good. Yep. We got you. Okay. We're back in action. Okay. All right. It does sound like you're far away from whatever microphone you're speaking into, but how am I doing now? We can do. One, two, three. This is John Graydon. Yeah. I'm in the ring with Allie. Yeah. Is that loud enough? Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's all right. You want it louder? If you could go a little louder, that'd be great. But if not, we yeah. could hear you. I'll just come in closer. Closer. One, yeah. two, one, two, one, two. Yeah. Yep. That's better. I'm in the ring. All right. Yep. So, Allie, Allie, let's set this thing up because you were talking with me about uh, getting with John Graydon and uh, basically talking about you know, the traditional martial arts. And uh, John, now I know that you originally started, right, in a traditional martial art, correct? It's all in grainy color in my memory, but I would call that eight millimeter days. Those days. Okay. Yeah. So let me let me first introduce John, because I, I don't want to just start off and just start debating. So really quick. So John and I know each other. Geez, it's got to be 25, 30 years when you first started NAPMA. And um, I can only say a few things that'll really hit the tip of the iceberg for John Graydon. I mean, the guy's a legend. He's done so much, um, you know, uh, literally transformed the way people look at the martial art industry as an industry, like as a professional martial art uh, business. So um, I owe him a debt of gratitude. I've always said that and given him kudos and credits um, for that. And, you know, he's a legend and I'm proud to know him. Um, but uh, but this is not the first time that John and I have debated this exact topic on tradition versus non-tradition. Um, we've done this a few times and the, the, the debate stems right now from a video that he recently shot and posted about traditional martial arts. Um, and, you know, some of the things that he feels is antiquated and not not necessary or a waste and and so on or useless. Um, so I figured it was time for us to chat again. So I just wanted to chat with you now about that, John. So so I know give everybody your thoughts. I mean, and I don't want to do this as an interview. I'd like to debate it as a topic. So what are your thoughts on the traditions? I know that last video you put out, you were talking about it. So, let, you know, take the floor. I think it's important to make a clear distinction. A tradition is something you were raised with. In my school, it was tradition when I was a student that when you got to be blue belt, you got a key to the school. Right. 1975. Can you imagine? Yeah. (laughs) The things that we discovered in that school the next morning. That was tradition. There were a lot of, whatever you're raised with is your tradition. So the conversation that I am engaging in today is not against tradition. It's always evaluating tradition, making sure that the traditions are applicable and helpful in today's world. But it's more for me about skill sets, the techniques that we were taught, that we were brainwashed as early kids, young kids, with this empty mind, the empty cup, that this stuff 
is really important and it works. And if you practice it for three years, you may be able to really understand it and use it one day. I've fought that concept for over 20 years. In fact, I have my USA Karate shirt on from 1987 to show that I've been doing this stuff for a while. Yeah. When I wore this shirt originally, we were doing Taekwondo basics. You had six basics, downward block, rising block, knife hand block, forearm block. And I taught exactly as my instructor said, if you learn these blocks one day, you could break the weapon that you're striking. If you block an arm, you'll break the arm. If you block a kick, you'll break the kick. I was also taught that we do Taekwondo because it's a kicking art and our legs are longer and stronger than anybody's arms. So we can always get to them before they get to me. That is foolishness. And if we're not looking at that critically through the years, then we're doing a great disservice to the arts and to our students. Okay. So, with that being said, I, I do, um, there's some points that I agree with you, but there are also some points that I think that are generalized that I think may be trouble for those that are listening if they're looking to, you know, be on the right or the left, depending on what we're talking about, right? Blue or red, um, you know, but um, my, my interesting, th- the thing that I have interest in is that we, you know, yeah, tradition is something you've been doing for years. So if I open up my own school and I've been doing something for 30 years, that becomes my tradition. But what I talk about is the historical data of the way things were done from, let's say, a Japanese martial arts, why people sat a certain way, why they acted a certain way, how they bowed in a proper way for a historical basis, you know, um, showing that respect, you know, also the movements and the blocks, how they lead into things. Like you say, a down block, a middle block, a high block, you know, are they not effective? I mean, I see people use them in the MMA fights in current situations. I see them using them in self-defense. I just think it's the approach and people are trying to throw the throw away tradition because they don't feel that it's applicable to um, self-defense situations with, I, I totally disagree in that, in that regard, but some moves maybe. Let's go back to the, uh, the, the first comment about the traditions, the bowings. It, this may be surprising, but people have been bowing around the world for a lot longer than the martial arts have been around. Right. Today, they wear suits, they wear dresses, they wear robes, they wear mm-hmm. outfits. A bow is a bow is a bow. You can take a class in a pair of gi pants, a belt, and a school shirt like my school was, like what I think smart schools are doing today, and have all the respect and bowing and yes, sir, no, sir. All that's present. All that's important because I believe one of the beauties of the martial arts is that it does teach respect and the world would be a much better place if we had more respect. So I love the idea that we're on the front lines doing that stuff. Again, I'm taking that tradition, the ritual and setting that aside and speaking specifically about skill sets. So here's a classic example. Guy wants to learn martial arts. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll do a different analogy. Let's say a guy, a guy has moved to the United States. He wants to get a job, but he can't speak English. So he looks around and he sees a school that says, okay, we speak English. English taught here. We'll build your confidence. It's easy to learn. It's fun. So he goes in and he rolls. And then the guy starts to teach him Latin. And he goes, why are you teaching me Latin? This is, this is really difficult. Oh, you must first learn Latin in order to understand English. So two, three years down the road, you'll really understand English. That is how martial arts schools are are, um, positioned today. People don't join to learn Japanese history. They can do that online. They can do that in college. They learn under the (laughs) somewhat guise of learning self-defense to get in shape and to do something that's social, be together, be part of a team, Martial arts attracts the belonger psychographic. So that is totally different than the rituals of martial arts. If you're still teaching Latin 40 years later, when all the evidence shows that this is the most educated market in history on the martial arts, like you mentioned, MMA, they're seeing that style doesn't matter. They're seeing a lot more than we did coming up watching Bruce Lee and Kung Fu films. Yeah. Now, 
All right. I, I have to say that there's an extreme difference in our philosophy when, when it comes to what you just said. So, for example, I'm a classical Japanese martial arts school. So th- I do teach history and I do teach cult- culture. And that's why I'm the purple cow in my neighborhood. Right. You know, I'm sure you read the book, The Purple Cow, where I stand out above the rest because I'm a traditional Japanese martial arts school that teaches the art the way it was taught thousands of years ago. Now, by the way, my art is a self-defense based art. They used to use it in battle, fighting against weapons, fighting with weapons. So it is very applicable to a uh, street defense. I teach law enforcement agents, soldiers, military. So the self-defense techniques still work. Certain modern adaptations, of course, someone's not always carrying a samurai sword or may not have a, a, a wooden bow staff, but all the things are very applicable. So I think that that tradition that you say is not really using that good to be used or taught is, is very important, especially if you're not just a MMA mixed martial arts school, that's just basically piling things together and learning the most effective of techniques. Does that make sense? Do you agree with that at least or no? I think that every market has a traditional school or three. And I think every, every market has a spectrum of schools, right? And we're a personality-driven business. So you're a charismatic leader. You're going to attract people even if you are teaching Latin, which is what you right. just described to me. How many people in your history have come to your school and said, uh, Sensei or Sensei Debi or Ali, hey, I'm interested in your school. Do you teach Batsai? Can I right. learn Japanese history here? It's a bait and switch. And I'm not saying you're being in any way deceitful, but it's a bait and switch. People don't enroll for that baggage. If you'd have joined a Korean school, you'd have the same enthusiasm, provided your instructor was as competent as your original instructor. In all yeah. these, regards, just kind of say the equal levels of understanding. So, so in, in my regard, if I can interrupt just a second, in my, I am a ninjutsu school. So people do come to me specifically for that. I'm lucky in that way, right? You know, I've had Hollywood and everywhere else promoting ninja. So uh, people do look for that and then they study the tradition. And then there are a small aspect of people, a small amount of people that come to me because they want to learn classical, traditional ninjutsu. But you're right. The average parent, the average student has no idea um, what we do. In fact, I had a mom of a four-year-old wanting me to teach their kids something because they took her to kickboxing. They took them to boxing classes, a four-year-old, and they wanted something that was street, street lethal self-defense. So they came to me and I, and I, I thought, I didn't know how old the kid was. And I said, well, how old is the child? You know, 16, 17. Oh no, it's, uh, she's four. I'm like, well, you want them to learn street lethal self-defense at four years old. So I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. They never came to my school, by the way. Um, But I get what you're saying. But here's the thing. Let me give you one example. So like in my school, um, I believe that, you know, you should know the proper way to wear your uniform, the proper way to tie your belt, the proper way to sit and bow. Because for me, I want them to have a full experience of the martial arts. I don't want them to just learn how to fight. I want them to walk away if they become a black belt, knowledgeable about the history, knowledgeable about the culture, knowing um, you know what's right or wrong. So if they ever did go to Japan, they can act properly, not be shunned, and, and be able to do that. And then I want them to to train the mind so that they can train the body, if that makes sense. So, I, I mean, that's... To me. uh, what's that? No, you said it does, if that makes sense. It doesn't to me. Okay. I, I don't understand, unless somebody's enrolling with that in mind, there is an indoctrination period that, in my mind, unless they're seeking this is a waste of time, I'd rather be on the floor and training. We can still hold respect. We can learn about all the cultures. Our Empower Kickboxing program, every class starts with a history lesson. This is Japanese karate. The Japanese are very straightforward and this, this, and that. And here are the major styles. But I'm not taking them into deep Japanese history. I talk about it for two minutes at the beginning of class. Right. Then we go into self-defense. Every school in the country says that they do real self-defense. Right. I know that you work with law enforcement and military. Every Kimbo school thinks that they're the, they're the, the corner. They've got self-defense cornered. Every right. Every system has self-defense cornered. Gotcha. I hear you. So they're not... There's nothing particularly unique. This this is the constant refrain. This is the constant argument. But wait a minute. We teach. This is not what people are enrolling for. And the numbers are showing that even in the strongest economy in the country's history, by many estimations and numbers, it's massive. Martial arts is flat. And the one reason the guys, the number one reason guys say is because they're moving towards a modern slash mix. And I don't think the MMA 
MMA has kind of hijacked the idea of mixed martial arts. I think to be of service to your students, everybody needs to teach a mixture of martial arts, but not quite what we see on, on TV. By the MMA. Way. Yeah. 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 We're, right. we're, you know, we learned Korean translations. <laughs> they learned foul language. Right. <laughs> That's not what yeah. I'm trying to advocate there. Go ahead. I see a finger going. Yeah, um, I, that's kind of where I was with regards to my original style that I was in. I mean, I achieved a second degree black belt in that style. Of, and and um, I honestly don't feel like I could have whipped myself out of a wet paper bag. And if I would have been taken down to the ground, oh. there's no way. I, I mean, I would have been crying to mama. You know what I'm saying? Because... Yeah. And we didn't learn effective um, and no offense. I mean, I got into it kind of for the same reasons. I was sold those those things. If I learn this and learn that and I'll even be able to use my chi energy to be able to do a whole bunch of stuff. Right. I can feel it. (laughs) Um, And listen, I quickly and, and I'm not trying to kiss your butt here when I say this, I quickly learned after I got out into the real world and became a member of NAPMA with you, that there was so much more out there that I was missing, not only for myself, but for my students, especially. Now, of course, I didn't have ninjutsu that, you know, covers the gamut. You know, it does uh, groundwork. It does in close fighting. It does, uh, you know, I didn't have that. I only had similar to what you're talking about you know, 60% of my fight is going to be with my feet and 40% is going to be with my hands. And if I do that, I'll never be taken down to the ground. In fact, that was never even a question that you asked because you didn't ask your instructor those types of questions, right? That's so point. We, you know, I was listening to a conversation yesterday I had with Brian Tracy as part of my new podcast series, which is coming down on February 12th, by the way, the truth about the martial arts business. February 12th is the anniversary of me my first karate class in 1974. And he said that people teach the old way. They hold on to the old way because they've not yet been taught a newer way. And that's been my mission for years. I talked about empower kickboxing. That class structure honors all martial arts because there's sections of it that are, are specific to Japanese, Korean, Chinese martial arts. But the main focus is a 15-minute warm-up that is absolutely a killer. And if you don't have that, and most classes don't, you're not releasing those endomorphins and getting that, that kind of training high that creates literally addiction to your class. So our program starts initially as about a minute of history. Then there is self-defense for 7 to 10 minutes. We do self-defense at the front end of the class because people aren't as sweaty yet. So you have girls doing headlocks. It's not a lot of fun at the end of class. <laughs> it also helps bring their mind into class. Because if we're doing an ATM robbery scenario, that engages students no matter what their day has been. Or if it's a children's class, anti-abduction. Then we go into a 15 to 20 minute killer workout. I mean killer, staggering out the door workout. And then to calm down a little bit, we go into our teaching section. And each month is different. One month, it's martial arts. So we're working the amazing open hand techniques of the martial arts, the rich hand, the palm heel, the chicken beat, which is cool stuff. We all kinds of drills that make that cool. And the students are exposed to that. And then they go into three rounds of mitt work. And then we do a nice cool down. And during the cool down, we do life skills. Why? When you're in that state... You're exhausted, you've had a great workout, you're excited, and you're slowly kind of coming. You're, you're going into what is literally known as a trance state. And students are highly receptive at that point to real positive suggestions about how they should conduct their life, how proud they should be that they came out tonight, their friends are at home at happy hour or at home eating ice cream, but you're here, you're making a difference in your world and in your life, and you're going to make a difference in this world. That's all in one hour. So that is a class that's consistently evolving, and uh, I'll let you guys respond to that, and then I'll give you some history working with Joe Lewis and Angelo Dundee that kind of led us to this point. Yeah, so so I first of all, Dwayne, I didn't know it was two against one, so now that you're on John's side, thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, listen, listen. 
but I'm not he necessarily on John's side because yeah. we still use the uniforms. We still no, bow. I, I, I still have traditional forms that we do. I, um, so here's a compliment so, also so, to ninjutsu because listen, I didn't, uh, I didn't have uh, an art that gave me those things. I had to I go know, out. I might be very, things. I might be very fortunate because my art is a pretty well-rounded art. I mean, we do everything: ground fighting, weaponry, defense against weapons. You know, all the way into the spiritual side of things as well, such as you know, um, philosophy and history and healing and and medicines and all the like. I, our art, and not everyone gets all of this because it all depends on how long they stay. But I would like to give them a complication where I think martial artists, I'm holding up my quote fingers, um, that's how they came up with the concept of professorships and mastership, right, titles equating to like school systems in, in America. Um, but here's my thing. Um, I love the traditions and I love the the subservient mentality of martial arts. And I know John doesn't like that where, you know, bowing and, the, you know, having that hierarchy, because I do believe there's a lesson taught in that. And I'll give you an example. There are many MMA fighters that rise to fame because, you know, they're, they're either a wrestler or a boxer, or they learn some MMA and then they go and they win titles. Right. And they've never really had martial art training. And like, I mean, sitting with a sensei who's a classical teacher who puts you through your uh, trials and tribulations, makes you work on your patience, work on your character. And then they win and then they lose and they turn to drugs and, and you know, they throw, um, you know, things through bus windows and, and they act like animals, you know, and it's not really what people's perception should be of the martial arts, right? And I think that through classical training with a really good teacher, you get to change and shape your life in a way that you never could with just learning the things, John, that you said, where we're drilling and we're punching and we're having fun and we're learning things, which I agreed the way you laid out your class. That's how I kind of teach my class. And that's why we're so successful, because I follow the methodology that you're talking about to run a classical school. But I still have that old style where uh, let me quickly tell you a story. When I went to Japan for the first time, my teacher said to me, he goes, uh, you know, well, he never, it took me a few times after like my third trip. He said, why do you sit like uh, in Seiza, like a girl? And I'm like, what do you mean, sensei? And he says, well, your hands are on your middle of your thighs, like a woman sits. And I'm like, sensei, I didn't realize there was a difference. Uh, you know, she says, no hands in samurai hands, are very proud and high on your hips. So I said, uh, why didn't you tell me? He said, well, I, I didn't want to insult you if you thought maybe you were a girl and you wanted to act like a girl. But the culture in Japan, if you sat like that, people were second guessing how you sat, right? It's a, it is a big deal to them. It does make a difference. Maybe not to other people, but this is the part of the traditions that I love, the root causes of why we do what we do. I, I'm tired of taking pizza and taking the sauce out and, you know, and putting in chocolate syrup it's still not pizza i think we're missing the point on martial arts it's no longer martial arts at that point i could not disagree more because i do believe in bowing i do believe in respect i made that very clear in the beginning but your nostalgic and warm fuzzy feelings about sitting and saison you can't translate that to the general population that's uniquely you we're all different most of us join a martial arts school because we were bullied, we had some kind of intimidation in our life, and we saw a path to gain control and then power. You also said that a professorship and instructor, they're like the school system. No, the school system requires a master's degree in education to be called right. a teacher, professional teacher. So exactly. they all self-taught. There's no consistency in curriculum. Most of them never go through a single class on how to teach people. That's why right. I created the ACMA back in the 90s, which is now the modest certification program. Totally, totally agree with you there. 25 experts, psychology, sports medicine, sports everything, just child psychology. How, what is the best way to talk to a seven-year-old? What is the best way to talk to a nine? How do I speak in a concise language? That's what I want our instructors out there paying attention to, not freaking say so where your hands are. That's something that I think as an advanced black belt and you've got that history uh, really interested in history, go to the library. And that's where it is. Get the dusty book out and see the other six people that are interested in that. Yeah. For the majority of people, that is not what they're looking for. You know, I always, I always go back to this. We won the war. That's an important point for me. Yeah. But the, the idea that um, I need to have all this baggage, and, and here's, I'm going to wrap with this before I, I did promise a good story with Angelo Dundee. Okay. So here's the traditional martial arts curriculum. It's a pyramid. At the bottom, you learn front stance, back stance, horse stance, maybe a fighting stance, cat stance. 
all this stuff, six blocks, three katas, basic kicks. And so it's a lot of stuff that as each belt goes by, there's less and there's less and there's less and there's less until you get to the top. Most people front end load their curriculum. We teach a curriculum that is exactly this. Every level pretty much does the same thing all the way through. There's no such thing as an advanced kata. Why would there be? There's no such thing as an advanced kick. Why would there be? It's, it's just a kick. It's, if you're teaching a beginner a skip side kick, what do they do typically? They hook the foot back. Isn't that kind of like a hook kick? Hook kick is actually easier to throw than a side kick, but most people say, oh, no, hook kick is more advanced. If I can teach you a front kick, I can teach you a front a jump front kick in the same lesson. So it's removing these, this baggage. And I'll let you respond to that, and then I'll get into my story. How are we doing on time here? Uh, we have some time. We have about uh, 30 minutes left. Yeah, we're good. I'm that, out. I'm, I'm yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay for 30 more minutes? Yeah, teasing. We're both sitting. You're standing. So <laughs> I just I just had a birthday. So at this end, I don't want to stand. Um, here, I can stand. Yeah, see, I'll stand. We're good. Oh, you're out of camera now, Dwayne. I only see you. I gotta move the camera. Okay. So, John, baggage to me is is not what you – the way I look at what you call baggage is not what I look at baggage. I look at that as history and culture. One of our listeners um, by the name of Frank Beal, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, he wrote um, – the first comment he wrote, the problem with most traditional classes is that they have lost the reasons for what they do. So they keep just doing it with no purpose. Now, I agree with that. I hate to be that stuck up – like my teacher, my sensei from Japan – um, you know, he, he felt he was the sensei of the world. No one else was as good as him and everyone should learn from him, which I understood because he was quite magically amazing, right? And his ability and his techniques is Tanimura sensei from Japan, um, Shoto Tanimura. But um, so, so when I learned from him, I would see things that the average person wouldn't see because I had an experience level to be able to see those things. Now you're saying like a basic kick, a basic kick, a hook kick, there are going to be levels at how you progress. So I know when we call it an advanced kata, it's really not more advanced than the other kata. It's just at the belt level of the higher level, which they call advanced. So I agree with you there. But I do believe there are building blocks that we have to have in order to to, to grow as, as a person. That's just like in the public school system. First graders are not learning eighth grade material. So you have to be careful with what you learn. I had a, a student, a white belt adult say to me, hey, what do I do? How do I put my knuckles if I'm going to punch someone in the throat to kill him? I'm like, listen, why are we talking about that right now? Let's learn how to punch first, period. You know, why are you looking to kill people, learning how to kill people, right? But, but I don't know why baggage to you, it, it, baggage is not, I don't look why, at it as why baggage. Why you answer the question? I wouldn't answer the question because, first of all, I don't want him to go and punch someone in the throat. So I told him that he shouldn't do that. You know, I said you shouldn't do that um, unless, God forbid, it's a self-defense issue. But it's not at the level, you know, that we're training. Right. So, I mean, um, but at the same time, uh, you know, I do believe that I think that what you call baggage, I call tradition, what you call you know, stuff that's wasted, I call very essential to, to my art, to the martial arts in general. We're not just teaching a fighting system. We're teaching a whole entire life system, a life skill. That's the way I teach, at least. I don't disagree with that at all. And what I describe is exactly that. Rather than doing these clunky, silly katas, I was the center referee for the first Walker World Championships. Right. I was the 1984 Korean Forms Champion for the country, U.S. Open. I have more trophies in kata than anything. I've defended it forever until I realized this is a waste of my time. This is a waste of the student's time. So mm -hmm. rather than a silly, freaking crazy, nonsensical, we started doing combinations. Combination number one, step two, one, two, three. Here's something you never see in a kata. A weave. Head movement. Quick retreat. Uh, um, um, Defense. So the, what we emphasize is simplicity. That's why everybody can do the same thing at the same time. If I've been training for three years, I've been training for 40 years. If you put me in a class where we're just doing one, two, three, I'm as happy as a lark because I'm thinking about different aspects of one, two, three than the 10-year-old kid next to me who just learned it and maybe kind of struggling with it. But it doesn't mean that, oh, I'm being held back because this is one, two, three. I did this long ago. This is what we always do. Every workout starts this way. Next time you're at an event <clears> of <throat> martial arts instructors, by show of hands, 
Given a half hour to work out three times a week, how many of you do kata? How many hands are going to go up? It depends on the circle you're in. None. None. N-O-N-E. Maybe one or two because they're thinking their instructor might be in the room. It's going to see them. <laughs> but this, this alteration started, of course, with the brilliant Bruce Lee article in Black Belt Magazine in 1971, which basically said, cast aside what doesn't work and do what, what works. And everybody looks at Bruce Lee as being the ultimate, but they're not following his system. I'm not even sure JKD people are. But in 1977-ish, Mike Anderson, the creator of really point karate and full contact karate, he created the PKA back in the 70s. They did a one-hour ABC special. It was a massive hit. Joe Lewis, Jeff Smith, Isaiah Duanis, Bill Wallace, all won the world championships. It changed the sport forever. Well, he moved to our area, and he was Walt Bone's closest friend. And I, my brother and I were at the school, and he brought over a guy named Rick Mandras. Rick was one of the boxing coaches at Angelo Dundee's school. Mike said, teach these guys how to punch. We were already state champions in black belts, and we competed every weekend. And as soon as we started to punch, he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you leaving your punches out there? A good punch snaps. So we were doing... And he said, it's got to snap. Think about rolling a towel up and then ricochet, the ricochet effect. And it comes back to guard immediately. Surprisingly enough, he never said, pull your hand back to your hip. No boxer does that. Boxing has been around for 100 years. It is the sweet science. They have just as much um, attention to detail and technique as martial arts does, except that they fight full contact. They have better defense. They're in better shape than the average karate guy. So he taught us how to snap our punches as opposed to the traditional punch and pull and pose stuff. So it was this. And then starting to spar with guys right after that, the following weeks, I'd be inside, pop, pop. <laughs> when you snap your punches, you have to be extra careful because people, it, it, it creates tremendous damage quickly. Second, you can really relax when you're doing that. And here's the analogy, okay? Uh, a kata, tongun, Korean form, right? Block here. Step, lunge, punch, step, lunge, punch, step, lunge, punch. That's like advancing with a one-shot musket. That's insane. Now, if you're in the 1700s and that's all you had, yes, great, use your musket. But a boxer is going to light you up with a machine gun, and it's going to be over very quickly. So why on earth, after seeing, experiencing this, would I spend time with my students helping them learn to do this when this is clearly much more effective, easier to learn, and a whole lot more fun? Yeah. I, Dwayne, you got anything to say on that? or? <laughs> well, uh, it here, it is a lot more fun when you're used to tra tradition, right? When all you, because when I got into actually learning um, kickboxing, <clears throat> it was a whole different world. Uh, and again, I go back to the fact that the art that I originally studied did not have that in it. So yes, it was completely fun. Um, I, ha I hate to say this, Allie. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. But, no, I, I don't mind. Listen, I've been I've been tag teamed and people have been on. Uh, no, I'm not trying to tag team you, but you're an okay. guy. You no, I, listen, I, I, I see. Play. I'm not trying to play middle ground here. I do see um, some applications with regards to, um, you know, the low block type position where you're bringing your hand back, but if you are grabbing somebody's arm and you're pressing into an arm bar, and and that's the application. Right. Um, you know, in the beginning, I was told that, you know, the, the Hadan Maki means low block. Well, then later on, they told me that Maki actually meant counter. That opened up a different world to me. If I'm countering an attack, it's not a block. Wouldn't it All right. If they just told you in English from the beginning? No, but, but that, that's not the art they're done. It's like, why don't we just call pizza dough with sauce on it, right? You call it pizza that, you know, I mean, or you call, you know, there's certain classical roots that, you know, the, the Japanese, I'm going to only use Japanese. I'm not an expert or anything else. Like even the kanji within the Japanese writing 
ha- tells a story, right? So when they write in brushstroke, you know, the kanji, and then you have hiragana and katakana, which are the two more modernistic ways of writing in, in Japanese. But the kanji told, told a story. So like even the kata tells a story. And by the way, kata, every time, even when I was with talking to Stephen Hayes recently, um, everyone refers to kata as um, long form kata, like, you know, down block, punch to the left, step in and punch, down block, step in and punch, you know, to the middle, down block, punch, punch, punch. Kata is sometimes gata and kata, same word, is is short form. Like someone throws a punch and you you parry and snap and grab the wrist lock and pin, or you, uh, you know, you do these things. That, so should you laugh at that? Tell me why you laugh no, at that. I love you. <laughs> yeah, tell me. Tell me. I, 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 I love the... I mean, you are, you've got books behind you. You're like the, the nerdy professor on this stuff. <laughs> and I love that. It shows a deep knowledge and appreciation. I highly respect that. Yeah. Does not mean that that's going to translate to my classroom? That what you described right there is going to interest more than one person out of a hundred. Yeah, John, you know, you know, you know me and you know my schools. I mean, my schools are pretty successful. So I have, I, maybe it took me a lot more people to find those people that are interested in what I do. Really and you're teacher. That's the, that's your, that's the, that's the X factor. It's a charismatic, charismatic leadership runs a okay. martial arts school. Okay. And that's really important. You can do the best system in the world to a guy who's not good in front of people. He doesn't have the skills. He doesn't have the, totally skills. Agree. the skills of influence and persuasion, influence, right. persuasion, and motivation. Those are the skills right. that you need. You have those in abundance. Dwayne has those in abundance. That's why we're leaders have been doing this forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Why on earth would I spend time? I mean, let's just take the downward block, all right? Something everybody right. does. Hot and mocky is exactly how we were talking. Downward block. <laughs> so here's, here, here's class, all right? Take this hand, stab yourself in the shoulder, lower your center of gravity, turn your hip, bring your elbow under, make sure your hands don't touch your body because you don't want to be lazy. Keep them off the body, step out, turn the hip, execute a downward block. Okay, now that's your block, stand there, let me correct you. Now you're going to aim. Who aims a punch? What the heck is aiming a punch? Does Mike Tyson aim a punch? No. So we do this, then we go down and we turn. How about this as an alternative? This is our number three block, a down block, all right? So the first thing we'll do is curl our shoulder up to protect the side of our face. And then you're going to turn your groin just a little bit, or turn your hip to protect your groin. We're just going to sweep like that. And as soon as we do that, you're going to step back. So first we just do this and get this hand up. So I'm looking to shoot my opponent. Pow, pow. And then the next step, big step, ready? Step back and do it. Step back. Next, next step. Step back. Count. Bang, bang, bang. Pop. That's cool. That's fun. That's easy to learn. As opposed to this poor guy that just took his first karate class, learned down block. He goes home. Honey, I learned how to protect myself and gets a kick to the groin. Ready? Kick me. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. He's going to get punted because it's just insanity. This is so much easier, faster, and makes sense to anyone that sees it. Okay, so so with that being said, there are certain points I definitely agree with you. I mean, it, it really isn't all the it's in the approach and how you teach. You're you're right. I've seen some amazing fighters um, that were terrible teachers. So that you know, no matter how many trophies or wins in the ring or whatever, they were just terrible teachers. So, and I've seen them go out of business as school owners too, thinking that they were going to have the biggest school ever because they had the most record, the winning record ever, and they didn't. So I agree with you there. Um, however, I, I was just watching a video with my students last night of uh, Above the Law with Steven Seagal, the opening scene where Steven Seagal is doing a move. And, um, you know, we watched the move quick and I said, what do you guys see? And they said, oh, I see them hitting him with the forearm to the throat. But they didn't see the guy throw the front kick and him do a low tap block into a parry tap into a forearm strike. So there's the low block is the parry of the leg and then the tap of the leg and then the forearm. So that's a different approach and entrance to the move. Um, It's just a different style, John. I think that you're thinking when I see you move and you, you explain things, it looks more to me like American kickboxing or like maybe more karate system, American karate system versus a classical jujitsu, ninjutsu, hapkido system, uh, if that... If here's that is. here's my, my take on that. I was demonstrating, and I led by saying, this is hot and mocky, as I learned, as a right. player, like Dwayne. So that, that part, silly as it is. I don't look at styles. I have no interest in country of origin except for the USA, and I don't spend time on that. Right. What I do care about is time and skill. What What is the movement pattern, and how much time am I... 
I'm taking this guy 30 minutes in this class closer to his death. He's going to die one day, and I've got the next 30 minutes. I am not going to spend that time on this stuff. It's not going to happen. No way. I'm going to give him something that he can walk out and say, oh, wow, that was so cool. Right. And and he's also got to get the workout. Too many schools are very lax on the workout. There's got to be 15 to 20 minutes of high heart rate uh, warm up in addition to again learning the open hand skills of the different styles. So I said this is yeah. from Japan. This is kind of a Chinese thing, but we're yeah. not in any way going down any particular path. We're seeing it all. We're touching it all. We're doing our mitt work. We're and in our, our sparring. We get into sparring. It's a little more difficult now because of the age of the uh, students. But it's only because you really probably don't know how to teach sparring in a graduated manner. So we do what are known as limited sparring drills, and they graduate. They they stack. So round one, for instance, my job is to step in and finger jab your front shoulder. Your job, as soon as you see me coming, is to open the distance up and use distance as your defense. So we go back and forth, and we tell them not to wait. We give them little tips. Okay, now this round, instead of waiting for me to hit you, I want you to move around and move the position now so we did distance defense now we're doing position defense so i want if i'm trying to shoot you with a bb gun i want to be doing this you're not waiting for me to fire because you're not going to get away from the bullet you're not going to be there so we do that for a round and forth and then round three hands behind your head maybe uh, behind your back sit down review slipping and weaving your partner's going to step in and jab to your forehead and you're just going to slip it and you're going to weave it and keep that head moving and if you do get hit in the forehead, it doesn't hurt because it's hard bone. Why did I say that? That's an embedded command. If you get hit in the forehead, it's not going to hurt so bad. This way, when students do get hit, the suggestion is there that, oh, that doesn't hurt. I already know that. I knew that wouldn't hurt. So the class is taught on a level of movement. Motion leads to emotion and very clear instructions taught out of the model certification program how to deliver these these uh, instructions, concise directions, and speak in a way that really communicates clearly and um, motivates the student to continue in an excited manner. I want them walking out waiting. They can't wait to tell their friends. They can't wait to come back to class. That rarely happens consistently with the clunky stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, I agree. I agree with you to some extent, but there is a. I I teach kata in a way that people get excited about it. So I mean, I teach kata in a way that, um, you know, and, and even the body movement drills, we do them, but we also do them in a different way because we're much more. Um, you know, our art form is, is a different art, right? It's not, and we also teach kickboxing, the, the sparring aspects of it in our school as well. So even when teaching, talking to classical ninjutsu guys that are just pure ninjutsu, they're like, wow, you teach sparring with the pads and that, but that's not what ninjutsu has. So I try to teach all aspects and that's why my students are a little bit more well-rounded. However, um, I still think that we move very differently as well, you and I. Uh, you know, you're more from the, you know, and, and I, I don't know a lot about your history, but I mean, the Joe Lewis, um, you know, kickboxing organization, fighter, ring fighter, you know, a boxer, kickboxer. There's a specific way they move compared to, let's say, an Aikidoist or a Jiu-Jitsu or, or by the way, an MMA fighter that does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu who's coming in and closing and taking people down to the ground. So, um, you know... <laughs> Right. There's so much going on there. Right. So there's a lot of difference in philosophy. Yeah. I so, so, viewers, I have a, a, a group. It's a closed group, but I'll approve it immediately. It's called Blood and Guts Karate. It's got a ton of old videos of the right? 70s, 60s and 70s. Some of the big names from that, that era. Yeah. You'll find most of them to be incredibly sloppy, falling on the ground consistently, and you can't believe these were the heroes in the magazines in those days, with yep. the exception of the Bill Wallace's, Joe Lewis's, Jeff Smith's. Right. Joe Lewis, you, you'll see guys fall constantly. Joe Lewis almost never fell. I sparred that guy hundreds of rounds. I'm a superb sweeper. I counter sweep. You kick, as your foot gets ready to hit the ground, I sweep it away. I almost got him one time. Right. He just had tremendous balance. I mean, you got to understand with Joe Lewis, he got his first black belt in three months in right. Okinawa doing the kata that he was doing. 
The instructor tried to make a, a, an idiot out of him, the big American, so he picked the guy up and threw him across the room and left the dojo. Went to another dojo and got a black belt there in four months. That's the seven-month total. People didn't know it was actually two black belts. When he came back to the States, I had video of Black Belt Magazine shot of him doing Okinawan kata in the park. He went to the Junri Nationals, I think, in 1965. He was just waiting there early because as a Marine, he gets there early, and Junri convinced him to compete. He gave him five bucks as an entry fee. He won weapons kata, uh, kata kata, and fighting, and came back the following year and defended all three of them. And it was shortly thereafter he completely eliminated traditional training from his system and started yeah. working with boxers. And here's what he told me about boxers. They will kill you. They will get past your first block. Karate guys have what they don't have good defense. I can tell you because I was one of them for many years. Right. Point karate does not teach you defense. It teaches you how to block one shot, maybe two. But what about the machine gun guy I made the reference to earlier? I know that when I'm sparring guys, that if I can get past their legs, which is usually not very easy, I'm dealing with the karate puncher. And he's not going to hit me more than once. And I'm going to hit him five or six times. I'll take that shot. I don't mind. In a street fight, I would much rather be with a five foot 10, 210 pound boxer than a five foot 10, 200 pound black belt in karate, considering they had the same experience and the same instruction level. I just don't, I, I think karate is, and when I say karate, I mean the traditional arts are steeped in myth and theory. Steeped in myth and theory. When you go into the school, you accept what the instructor teaches you. It is very, it's not a cult, but there are a lot of similarities, especially when you come in. I know in my, my household, we went from silence to violence really fast. If you walk past a napkin and my dad, you didn't pick it up, he didn't yell, he yelled and whacked you. He, he, getting beat by the strap was a regular uh, occurrence. And you graduated from the, from the hand to the strap to the lamp to whatever was nearby. So I, be, I got to be very quiet. I learned to observe and not say anything because I'd be called a stupid, an idiot, dumb John. But then I saw Bruce Lee on the Cato series, and I thought, oh, the smallest guy is getting all the respect. I want that. I had no idea who Bruce Lee was. I happened to join a karate school as Walt Bone School. The rest is history. But I saw instantly a direct path to getting control of my life, to getting respect, and to getting some sense of personal worth. When I had that same when I described what I just did to you, I did, I've had this conversation with Joe Lewis, Bill Wallace, Tons, if not hundreds, thousands of black belts in audiences. I can't tell you how many of them come up to me afterwards and say, holy cow, you just described my childhood. You just described my martial arts experience. It's consistent, and that's why there's such an emotional connection to your style. That's when I talk about baggage, Ali. I'm not talking about the style and baggage. Your connection to that is so strong, but it is invalidated by the reasoning for it. So what I had to do, unfortunately, I was blessed by having, oh, Joe Lewis maybe moved to town and teach me this. You know, not, not everybody has that. I realize that. But to step away and really look objectively, okay, what, is, what are the benefits that I want my students to have? I want them to be able to defend themselves, be in good shape, have a positive mental attitude, and probably a, a couple others. Okay, is what I'm doing accomplishing that as well as it could? Could I change some of these skill sets that we're teaching and get to those goals faster and more consistently? So yeah. when I made that change in about 1989 for my school, I replaced the traditional katas with fighting forms. My retention went through the roof. The enthusiasm for classes went through the roof. It was the best thing I ever did. And I encourage our listeners to do the same. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could go on and debate that whole entire thing is, uh, too, because, listen, I know you and I, we, we, that's what we're good at. We'd like to debate. And, and I don't disagree with you entirely on some of the points. 
but I do believe that um, the martial arts without the history and the culture is no longer martial arts. It's just a fighting system. But let me quickly jump over to some of the comments. We did have some great comments. There's one gentleman, Frank, um, he wrote that, um, you know, and I'm going to just say this quick and then I'll move on through a few of them. So um, he wrote a down, a down block's not a defense against a groin kick. It's a grab of a hand and the snatching of the hand down, pull the person off balance. We know that there are many descriptions of why certain things and by the way was it that taught to Dwayne and I why why wasn't there somebody else why weren't we doing that with a partner so we understood well I don't know our instructors didn't know well you see that's the here's the problem guys instructors didn't teach them it's a that's perfect yeah but John this this is the problem with the martial arts today it's become so watered down over the years like if you go to Japan there are still some people that are really still teaching the pure arts the you know the way they're supposed to be done and they point out the things that you're saying that are not being taught here like you know there are many martial arts school I owners that seminar- what's that i call it evolved the arts have evolved yeah well they have to to you know they're even the teachers there that have evolved that's why they're in japan and i'm here I, I, I get it, but I've traveled to Japan 17 times and lived with those Japanese masters and was in awe by the ability of these people. And I got to train with many I've of declined, these masters. I've declined every 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 time somebody's asked me to go to Asia, I've always declined. I, yeah, that stuff just does not interest me, and they all smoke, and I can't stand cigarettes. Well, yeah, I, I agree there, but but yeah, I, we could go into that. I was on a plane once where they they it was a non-smoking flight. And mid-flight, they turned it into a smoking flight. And we had, we had to lower the air masks for us. But yeah, I agree. The other person, Mike L., wrote, um, teaching a kata or a form, as John is saying, is not a waste of time because it teaches the practitioner how to move within the system. It helps build the big picture of knowledge for the martial artist that he feels through. Uh, he feels that John is advocating teaching applications through the drills with the kata. Um, uh, without to, the kata. Without the kata. To precede it which I believe is more initially fun for the students. So, I mean, there's a little bit more on that. You talked about movement and system. Yeah, you can't right? to calibrate distance, angles, and your weapon's effectiveness without another human being in front of you firing back at you or working with you. But what, what if you don't have another human being in front of you? Sterile kata. You just, what, what, what if you're just drilling in even if you're drilling and shadow boxing, you're still in the same mindset. You don't have a partner partner in front of you. It's a similar ish. It's just short step kata. Mm-hmm. It's only two or three moves, right? So application is everything and, and understanding the application. Sadly, I believe that many martial artists are not aware of what really is going on that they're actually doing. That was said in the earlier stage. Another guy wrote, Steve, uh, Stephen Mertens wrote, um, body motion is body motion. Does the origin of the technique actually matter rather than focusing on the effectiveness and the understanding? So um, that's one one on your side, right? That, that they agree with you. So, um, so yeah. I have for the, the schools that teach sparring and you do kata. Right. The first half of the class, because this is what I did for 20 years. We did our basics. We did our kata, make sure that hands back in the hip. Remember the the, uh, the, the, the center line of your body is the most vulnerable, so you don't want to expose it. So now get in a horse stand and expose it. Get in a front stance and expose it. And then the hands back to the hip, chin up, don't move, stand straight, aim your punches. And then say, okay, let's spar now, get your gear on. Sally, get your hands up. Well, wait a second, you just spent a half hour telling me to keep my hands down. Which is it? Do I turn side, turn, turn more sideways? You gotta protect your groin, your center line. You just had me doing this and this where I'm opening a wide up. Which is it? Which is it? It's that second half of the class that will have the most effect on their enthusiasm and their skill level. The first half of the class simply creates confusion. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, again, I, I think that I disagree on the reasoning behind it. So I think like the horse stance for a reason, you know, building up leg strength, standing with a strong foundation, lowering the hips and building up the legs, right? All of that is very, very important, right? Yeah, well, you're doing it right there. You're square and you're kicking, right? So I mean, that's something for, for the drill and for the exercise, right? For the for the strengthening of the body, for the balance of the body. To oh, it looks like we lost Allie. Did we lose me? No, you're here. I see you. Yeah, you don't see Allie, though, do you? I do. Yeah. All his glory. <laughs> oh, okay, I can't hear him, though. I'm, I'm still here. John, you can happened. hear me right? 
Yeah. So I, <laughs> well, well, John, Hey, while we're trying to get Allie back on, uh, uh, listen, I, again, I'm not trying to agree with you, but I, I kind of agree because, uh, with regards to the fact that again, I wasn't able to defend myself when I got in a nap and saw the, you know, I don't know the, the, the hundreds of <laughs> other opportunities that were out there. I, I just, it became a whole new world to me. And if I would have gotten taken down to the ground uh, at any point, I would have been dead. I mean, in the water. Right? <laughs> Maybe too. Probably still this day. Funny, you mentioned that, Dwayne. A guy yesterday called me, he's a renowned martial artist, and he said, I, I got so much out of Napa. And, and what really inspired me is that, and he said, You, you, Mr. Gray, you were so authentic. You were authentic. You told it like it was. And it, it, quote, pissed off a lot of people. You made a lot of enemies, and that's been pretty clear. But, but you're authentic and you speak from the heart. And that's the truth. I love the arts. You know, for, the, for my first karate class in 1974, I knew I was going to do this for the rest of my life. Forty-some years later, I've had a wonderful career. And in my mind, I'm still just getting started. And part of that is with my podcast on February 12th. You go to martialartsteachers.com and find out more about that. So just to be clear, I created NAPA. And now I have the Martial Arts Teachers Association and martialartsteachers.com. It's called MATA. I have nothing to do with NAPA. There's a there's right. history there that we don't want to get into. But uh, I did create NAPA. It was my baby. It was my concept, along with Martial Arts Professional Magazine. They became the, two, the first professional association for the martial arts school industry and the first trade journal for the martial arts school industry. And I am enormously proud of that. I also created the ACMA, which was a certification program that has now morphed into the martial arts teachers certification program at matacertification.com. And every day we're handing out or sending off certificates to people that are serious about becoming good professional martial arts instructors because virtually every school gets a kid to black belt, never teaches them anything about how to teach, how to motivate, and how to really run a concise, strong, motivating class. Agreed. Yeah. And I, you know, look, uh, I, I thank you for that because I'm sure that the, the, the winds were against you on a lot of, a lot of things, you know, from NATMA and then how that all went down with regards to moving into Mata. Although I will say moving into Mata, um, I don't want to say it was uh, a good timing, but it, everything's going online or, or you actually moved online prior to everything moving online. So that was a benefit to you, you know. I don't know if you've ever thought of that, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now, I would say, you know, to be real, I, I would say we're like 70, 30, 60, 40, uh, more towards a 70, 30. So we're doing, you know, um, still 30 to 35 percent traditional stuff. Um, we still have, you know, the uniforms and we're still bowing. We still are doing some of the traditional forms. Um, it, but I've, it's taken me a while to slowly evolve, if that makes sense. It does. And, and my focus is not, is not so much on the specific technique. It's it kind of is it's time and skill. How much time am I going to take of this student's life? What on the other end of this time period are they going to get out of it? And I know from experience there's not much coming out of this for a long, 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 long time until you and I, Dwayne, with all the years behind us, just discovered that downward block is actually an armbar escape. <laughs> Give me a, that doesn't illustrate it better than anything, that it's steeped in myth. It's steeped in theory. They say this is an arm escape, but you never gave me somebody to work with to escape. How realistic can I expect that to work? I can't expect it to work. That's why if you ever get in a fight with me, tackle me. I'm dead. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, you know, honestly, I've had to uh, I've had to get into um, uh, the grappling and jujitsu and those type of things. Um, you know, I'm not. Oh, here's Allie again. I'm not um, the best at it yet, but I'm still working on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I saw that John uh, uh, Pat Worley got his third degree black belt in jujitsu at age 72 recently. The Worley brothers have been inspirations for me for decades. So anyway, that's just a quick aside. Well, and I told my, uh, I told the, the, my jujitsu uh, instructor, I said, I, you know, I actually can see this 
I actually can see this as more longevity for myself in, in my older years than, than karate was, you know, just because of my joints hurting and, you know, I, I won't have to, I can actually roll around on the ground and not hurt as much, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and the numbers are clear. Traditional martial art is completely flattened out. If, if anything, it's on a decline where the more modern programs are excelling. I'm not talking about fitness kickboxing. I'm not talking about MMA. I'm just talking about programs like I described. Bruce, my brother Jim has had his school for over 40 years. He's been teaching the Empower Kickboxing highly modified because he does the Joe Lewis system. So Joe Lewis has this a combination called like the, the Benny Briscoe. He says one well, of the greatest boxers who never won a world title. And it's his favorite, Benny Briscoe's favorite combinations. And bang, bang, slip, slip. And you work with a partner because they have their side of the Benny Briscoe, which is the defensive part of the whole thing. So they're engaged. That's required. There's rank. He produces great black belts. They bow in and out of class. They wear their belts. It's yes, sir. No, ma'am. It's just like a traditional martial arts school, except it's none of this. It is everything that uh, I've been describing for the last hour. So I'm back now in. Sorry we lost you. I, I, it's a conspiracy, guys. I know I was right about right winning the debate, and you shut me off. No, no um, what, what it actually was is I kicked you off so that uh, John and I could agree about everything. I, so I, you, I, heard, well, I, I could hear it on Facebook, but I couldn't hear it on there. So I, I heard you, Dwayne. Um, I'm really disappointed in you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so in closing, because we're at 1230 already, I think that uh, it was a great debate. Um, I just one thing I'd like to say is that I think that when you say, John, when you say traditional martial arts, and I had this I, on a century form just recently, recently on Century Martial Arts, one of the forums, I said, what is a traditional martial art? And people were saying things like uh, they were saying, uh, yeah, I, I understand. Uh, so they were saying things like, um, you know, bowing, belts, the way they say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. That is so far from what I understand is tradition. Um, you know, that, you know, it's just, that's just basic common courtesy and protocol through a martial art base. But tradition is so much more. If you have the right teacher, if you've trained with the right people, you've been to the country of origin and seen it all. It, it's literally life-changing. So I'm sad that you don't see that. What's that? It's not my tradition. I understand that. Totally different. And, and yours bores the heck out of me. Yeah. Your tradition is not mine. I had a tradition. Our tradition is respect, courtesy, found the class, wear your uniform. Not, we never wear gi tops because they're ugly. Uh, gi pants, a belt, a school shirt, show up on time, train hard. Right. That's the tradition that I'm proud of. Yeah. And, um, and that's so far from what I believe tradition to be. So that's where we're on two sides of the coin. I, and, and I appreciate you for that, you know, and, and I, you know, here's the good thing, John. Um, and I both believe we're both on the same, uh, political, uh, uh, you know, belief system, but we're not going to talk about that. But at the same time, uh, but, uh, look, this just, just proves to people that you can disagree and agree to disagree and still end up loving each other. So that if we could leave it off at that, because, uh, I super enjoy talking to you. I, love when we get chances when we're in the same event talking or spending time and having dinner with you and hanging out. And, um, you've always been really respectful to me. Um, never, never tried to prove me wrong and make me feel bad about what I believe. And I don't want to do that ever. And, you know, saying that, cause I, I agree with a lot that you say. So I'm, I'm honored by our friendship with that martial respect and courtesy. And I appreciate you and, um, and Dwayne, uh, of course, you know, I appreciate you as well. But so, I mean, we're out of time, I think, but I, I'd love to do more of this if you want to get back on in a few months and we'll chat some more. I love um, that as well, and, and I appreciate it so much. I have, I'm, I'm getting back out there again. I'm getting tons of invitations to go to martial arts instructor events to kind of share what I've been describing here. So if you have an event coming up and you think I can contribute to it, contact me at jg at martialartsteachers.com, jg at martialartsteachers.com. I could even come teach an active shooter seminar. That would be fun. Thanks. Yeah. And John, uh, real quickly too, tell people how they can get involved with, uh, with Mata um, and, uh, you know, contact you there. Cause there is a plethora of information on Mata and they may, some people may have never even heard of it, but uh, it is, it is quite the site. Martialartsteachers.com is the martial is headquarters for the martial arts teachers association. It's a professional association for martial arts school owners 
instructors and those who are planning to be that. It has fantastic courses online. It's $37 a month. It has the MONA certification program you can look at as well, which includes the program. We have a, a new website program as well, very strong in SEO marketing and things of that nature to help schools out. Check that out. Check out also johngraden.com. That's where I get into my more mainstream speaking and coaching programs that are mainly for people outside the martial arts, but I'm quite happy to include any of my martial arts friends in any of them. Thank you, guys. You bet. All right, Allie, thanks for uh, being a part of all this and allowing Thank me you. to kind of uh, be on the fence, you know, type thing. Yeah. So I appreciate that. <laughs> John, good seeing right, you. Guys. Hey, I just want to let everybody know if they are, uh, you know, you're looking for more information with regards to uh, John and, and what he's doing. We'll have it at schoolownertalk.com. You can uh, get the, uh, the it's uh, schoolownertalk.com forward slash two three zero because this is the 230th podcast so again schoolnortalk.com forward slash two three zero and all of john's information will be on there as well so that you'll be able to contact him if you're interested all right thanks guys and we'll talk to you later all right take care bye Dwayne.